0: Everyone, welcome to Movie Films. It's Bill and Steve. I'm Bill. Hey guys, I'm Steve. Movies talk, so let's talk movies. Let's talk those movies. It's all about the movies here at Movie Films. Steve, how you doing this week? I'm doing pretty great. Uh, premiered The
1: Survivors at Horror Realm over the weekend. Uh, almost a full house in that little screening room, which is great because most of the screenings get like five fucking people. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And mine was almost full, only a few empty seats. And it was great, because The Survivors is a sequel to everything that I've done. It's definitely meant for folks that have seen, you know, at least a couple of my other movies. And 80% of the people in that screening room had never seen any of
0: my movies before! Perfect.
1: And they all laughed a lot, so they still liked it, they still enjoyed it, they still had a good time. I made, I honestly made a lot of new fans over the weekend, which is fantastic.
0: That's good. That's really good. Uh, which, and
1: uh, I, uh, go ahead, sorry. I was just gonna say, and, you know, I, I'm, Met, made some new friends, met some new people, hung out with some cool folks. The, uh, interview with Ken Sago should be up by now, so give that a listen if you haven't yet.
0: Yeah, what are you doing? Listen
1: to it. It's, uh, us snuff the sucker. Listen up.
0: Uh, well, I, we, uh, mistakenly, uh, moved, put things on our little, uh, docket of discussion here a little late. Uh, let's just talk about it right now. Uh, how was the convention, Steve? Uh, the convention was, uh, fantastic, as I said. I,
1: uh... Made uh, a lot of new fans, I was very drunk, I uh, had a good time, and I sold decently. I, you know, it wasn't like the best weekend ever or anything, but, you know, I definitely made a profit. It was worth my while. Good. And, you know, I got I made a couple purchases, nothing too extravagant, but a couple purchases. Uh, Clue, I forget his last name. Um, fuck. K- K- uh, Gulager? Yes, Clue Gulager. Um. I think it's my that, yeah. Uh, from, of course, Return of the Living Dead and Nightmare on Elm Street 2, and a plethora of other films. Clue is a legitimate legend. Uh, he's probably the coolest motherfucker I've met at that age. He is what I want to be when I'm that age. When you're 87. Uh, yes, he is a badass, and he came up and talked to me about my films and, you know, how I work and how I have to cast local actors and the struggles with that, and he looked at me and said, oh, I think it's a really great thing that you're doing your best, and Putting forth the effort to make all these different shows, which is like such an old man word for movies, <laughs> and it made my heart flutter because Clue's a goddamn legend. That's
0: and he fantastic. talked about how I
1: was doing a good thing. Also, I didn't get to make it to the panel because I was too busy, you know, being a fucking special guest.
0: But We're apparently, the, special guest.
1: But apparently, at the uh, panel, Clue. Uh, went on, like, this really long story. Like, a really long story that was, like, a solid five minutes long about talking to George Romero and the advice he gave him and what they talked about regarding Return of the Living Dead and what to do with, like, the characters and the acting career and stuff. And, like, it was really long and detailed and intricate. And at the end, he went, Also, I just made all that up just now. (laughs) He made up a really interesting story, apparently, that everyone was really into and enthralled by, and ended it with the
0: fact that he was making it all up as he went along. I love that. <laughs> That's really funny. Because I'm sure he goes to all these horror conventions and has to give a panel, and one and like there's only so much you can talk about before you're tired of talking about it. Yes. So he just made up this bullshit story just to fuck with fans. Yep. Because <laughs> as soon as you started telling me this, I'm like, George Romero really and then you like and you told me it's at work i'm like yep that sounds 100 one point <laughs> it's fantastic that's so good i mean uh i i don't know uh ken forry and misty monday had to cancel so i don't know how how good was the convention really uh, Well, i got to grind against tiffany shepis
1: um so worth it. it sounds like it uh and felissa rose gave me a back rub while uh Neckbeard guys kept on staring at us jealously. Good. I was like, goddamn right.
0: <laughs> goddamn right, motherfuckers. <laughs> Nikki, you can become world famous non rapist uh, Steve Rosinski, and then you can go to the lovin'. Pretty much. Hey guys,
1: this is what happens when you're handsome at this kind of convention. Like, several uh. people are like, whoa, Steve. Uh, and this is, uh, this is funny because I always joke about me being so handsome. But mm. taking a step outside of that, like, shtick, I actually did have, like, two or three women outright say to me, like, Whoa, Steve, you're, uh, you're actually the best-looking guy
0: in this entire convention.
1: My only response could be, I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then you street past them, and they opened it up, and they saw your me, and it went, I'm so handsome. <laughs> That's how it works, right? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I have a street pass now. When people come by me, it says "stylin' profilin'." Stylin' profile woo! And then like all my other street pass stuff for like bravely default, my my message is "spill liquor." Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And then oh, uh, because uh, on the 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 street pass thing, you can say like your goals. Uh, my goal is to be world champion. <laughs> anything I can do, working fucking dumb wrestling jokes on anything I do is going to be my goal. <laughs> it's in perfect. Life. And the Nintendo uh, product line allows that to be a reality. <laughs> Nintendo really should make another pro wrestling game. They that made a be. new uh, Punch Out years back. They should really do another pro wrestling game.
1: Yeah, that would be fantastic. Or
0: you can play as the Amazon. Or the Starman.
1: But one of the purchases I made at the convention was Ken, Ken Sego's new book, The Adventures of Naidoo the great migration uh-huh i read chapter one and i got a pack of trading cards there are 80 to collect
0: 80 to collect now first off uh, how much is the pack i think the pack was like three dollars but it okay. was free
1: with the book free with the purchase of a book okay gotcha that's not that's not too bad it also came with a free poster and bookmark and ken signed everything which is Uh,
0: That's nice. That's very nice. Like,
1: literally everything. Like, hey, give me your bookmark, give me that poster, give me the book. You want me to sign the pack of cards? Like, no, Ken, it's okay, because I'm probably going to throw the wrapper away. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a package to hold the cards in that look like they were printed on someone's home computer.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right. uh...
1: Which which is fine, but it was just funnier to me because my one artist friend, Byron Winton, who has done a lot of Really great art, some of which has, like, done the cycles online of being, like, super fucking viral. Like, mm-hmm. he's the guy that drew the uh, the Elvira and all the other horror icons in the movie theater art.
0: Oh, yeah. And that, yeah, that gets that get shared everywhere on Facebook when no one credits the author. I mean, the yep. artist, I'd yep. say. Yep, exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, but he d- drew that and a bunch of other stuff. But he actually, his new release for the show was, like, a pack of 25 trading cards that were, like, females in horror. Mm. And they were, like, super high quality, like, really well made. Like, they felt like trading cards out of a pack. With a nice gloss finish on the front and then a nice, like, flat cardboard on the back with, like, stats and information about the each yeah, color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was super impressive. Mm. And then I got Ken's cards. And I'm cool. not going to knock the book, but I will. I will knock it's not the cards hard a to get
0: nice cards. Um, Revok, R-E-V-O-K dot com. They, do they basically sell bootlegs, but movies that you can't get that are out of print. Like, for the longest time, uh a uh favorite of mine called Sorceress uh, was not uh, was not available. I found that film through them and then then eventually like a a new Blu-ray came out for it and stuff. But there's a lot of stuff they do for that. Every time you buy movies from them you get like a like maybe like twenty trading cards mm-hmm. that are all just like the the the, the uh, poster art for all the movies that they offer and like on the back is like a uh, synopsis of the film. They do that. I know um, uh, Fright Rags, the you know pretty pretty well known uh, horror T-shirt website. They send t- they send out playing cards with their stuff all the time too. I mean, it's That's really cool, cool you know, when you get cool playing cards, and it's really not that hard to do. But I can mm-hmm. kind of understand Ken with his uh, self funded. Uh,
1: totally understand it, but it, it was just do. funny,
0: like such a <laughs> difference. Stark. Yeah, stark difference in quality. <laughs>
1: Um, so, but I got a pack of cards, I don't know if you want me to go through this pack tell you what yeah, I Yeah, I'd love to
0: hear, I'd love to hear these, these pivotal characters that you pulled in your now, pack.
1: Now, now it is interesting, because the cards have, <clears throat> it has the character, because there are 80 characters, um, but it has the character, it has the kind of bird they are, it explains who the character is briefly, but then it gives, like, a really long, factual explanation about the bird in real life, <laughs> like, for educational purposes. Uh-huh. Um and then it has the star rating which is the rarity. Gotcha. <clears throat> so uh my first card here is Carlos. He's a northern cardinal. He is Nadu's barnyard friend, a young Don Juan. Oh yeah. That's good. I
0: like Carlos. <laughs> what's his rarity? What's the rarity on Carlos? <clears throat> is he a five-star? He's a he, No, he's a 2 stars. Okay, so he's a common.
1: Basically. Um and then I'm not going to read the facts about Carlos. I'm just gonna... That's fair.
0: No, 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 no fact reading. I'm just curious. These, these pivotal um, characters you got. Uh,
1: two and a half stars. Wow, half stars for these. Uh, Homer, who is a ruby throat hummingbird, part of the Great Migration. Pivotal character, this Homer.
0: Yeah, sounds like it.
1: All right, next we got Lewis Alstrong, who is a barred owl. He's a guest of the hollow trees in the Delta Swampland. Louis Alstrong is a jazz performer at the Swamp Mardi Gras, an underground location where Prey and Predator formed a treaty to socialize in harmony. Only two stars, though. Only. Oh, oh, fuck, four stars. The border, all the other borders have just been, like, red and green gradients. This border is fire. And it's a four-star rating, which is the high star rating. Fucking ultra-rare up in here. Damn. Lord Godlet. Uh Whoa. Dwarf Cossuary Bird, the leader of the Council of Darkness. The sinister Emperor Godlet possesses powerful tele- t- telepathy control capability and Whoa. telekinesis powers. Set out with his handpicked cartel to take revenge on the world. Holy shit. Huh. So this ain't just about birds flying. There's some, there's some magic shit in this. He's from book two, though. I only own book one. Oh, there's a book, too. There's a book, too. I didn't know that. <laughs> All right, uh, one and a half star. We got Benny, who's a bee hummingbird, one of Countess Contessa's soldiers, also from book two. Benny is a spy that doesn't allow his size to stop him from helping others. He leads a blue wren bird to safety and returns to help Ambassador Rasul, an African little bee-eater. Okay. Oh, Wow. Next, I got Fong, one star. So he's a he's a super common. He's a, this is card's a piece of shit. Yes. Uh, a gear falcon, member of the League of Air Predators. Fong is cu- cutting and mischievous. A fellow, a follower to help enslave the migrating birds. So he's a bad guy. Okay, he's a bad guy. Oh, another four star rating. Another four star rating. This is a good pack. I got Mister. He is a tree squirrel.
0: Uh,
1: (laughs) I got the fucking squirrel. Fuck the... Fuck yeah. Uh, Lives in the den of an old oak tree. Mister is a cantankerous old squirrel that carries a bit of a Napoleon complex because he's smaller than most. All he wants is to be left alone, gathering nuts for the winter. I respect Mister. I I can connect with Mister as a character. Cool. Good job, Mister. Three-star rating, and, uh, I don't know, I feel like this is a way more important card than any of the, than the two Super Rares I got. Okay. Mm-hmm. I got Jay Breeze Smooth Tea, and Slide, the brown and white Lab Wrapping Rats. Uh, I got
0: the Wrapping Rats, you motherfuckers! I didn't even know that was a thing until we start before we started recording.
1: <laughs> Crafty Pest, always up to something... Unscrupulous or scheming but harmless, loved by everyone in the Jester's barnyard. Fuck yeah, J. Bree, Smooth and Slide. Fuck you, I got the rapping rats card. That's uh to me, I'm I'm framing that. I was I was gonna say you better frame that bunker. <clears throat> I should have asked Ken to sign this one. That they should have. Uh three stars, so they're just a rare. Only two cards left, but I feel like all the best stuff is behind us. It is, it's gone. It's gone by. I got I got Mr. and the Rapping Rats. Uh,
0: (laughs) that sounds like our band (laughs) Mr. and the Rapid Rats
1: (laughs) Uh, Claire, a macaw parrot a wise elder bird directs an important message to Naidu Claire is a motherly but firm elderly parrot who is blind in one eye she is not afraid to stand her ground and bring order to the area she lives in with all animals two stars and the last card, a three star Hook, who is a short tail hawk Member of the League of Air Predators. Oh, so I got two members of the league, so I can maybe do a theme team if I do a a game with this. Yeah. Devious, conniving, and deceitful, with stealth soaring the sky, joined the League of Predators to gain his share of slaves. Holy shit! Some, d- some deep shit. That's some deep shit. <laughs> so yeah, good pack. Um, pretty good uh, unwrapping there. I got the wrapping rats and Mister, so I don't think I need to buy another pack. Those are the two that I was. Those are the two that I wanted.
0: Sounds perfect.
1: I, I will buy the the do birds on eBay.
0: Yeah, I'm sure there's a huge market out there <laughs> for uh, for these uh, sweet cards. These are so such collectibles, truly. a, a savings, a four out of five, perfect score. The book's pretty good so far. Oh, it's like a is it like a thick paperback or? What's, it's not
1: what's a thick t- paperback. It's I mean, it's a, basically it's a kids book. Okay, um, uh, Ken said that it's not just for kids, and like I can appreciate and understand that, but you know, like its market is, it's more of a kids book. I will say that chapter one has too many fucking characters. Holy shit! <laughs> it, it introduces like fifteen fucking characters in the first chapter. It's but the, the way Thrones, it's the Game of Thrones of Bird Book. Game of Thrones of Bird Book. Um, but the way it's written is like very solid. You know, it's uh mostly easy to follow aside from trying to keep track of the characters but i still got the gist of what happened even if i don't remember every single specific character i completely understand what happened in chapter one and it was interesting enough to keep my attention i think it's going to end up being a very fine
0: kids book but i'll give you my full review when i finish it very full review incoming guys steve could be one of the worldwide critics that are raving about need and the great migration well that sounds like a good convention steve i'm glad you had a good time I, it was thank you um, nice. enough about me
1: how How are you doing bill?
0: I'm doing uh pretty well. Uh, I'm getting over a cold so you might you might pick up in the audio recording we were doing uh, I'm on the tail end of it still a little snotty, not you know but doing okay uh other than that um just living life uh, I'm heading up to c two e two up in Chicago on the nineteenth uh so if you're heading up there, let me know we'll say hi to each other um that's my first time going up there. I've been around for a couple of years. That, that convention's gotten very popular very quickly, because it's. I think I think this is its fifth fifth or sixth year, and it's huge mm-hmm. up there now. Um, it's. It, mm-hmm. We're definitely rivals. Uh, what I guess Chicago Comic Con. What basically what used to be Wizard World Chicago. Since I you kind of don't really call those those the, that anymore, mm-hmm. as far as I know, anyways. nor any, any, anyways. Um, but yeah, it's gotten very, very large in its popularity, but it's still, I think it carries itself very well, so, um, I'm, gonna, I'm going up there for a day to check it out. Fantastic. that's about, that's all, that's what's going on there. Um, we are, we are a couple weeks away from Batman v. Superman Don Justice. I'm so fucking pumped for that. Look forward to that, but, so, I'm doing okay. Uh, but we do have some, uh, some news to cover here before we get into our, uh, uh cyborg-suited, Uh, superhero films that we're going to talk about today yes um we recorded last week's episode uh right before the trailer for the paul fee ghostbusters dropped Mm -hmm. so we kind of are on the tail end of everybody uh flipping their shit filming reaction videos like there's an entire economy of of uh new media people on youtube making a lot of money purely off of getting mad at the ghostbusters trailer yeah so as much as you hate that movie, that movie is paying your bills. Seriously, you know it's it's hilarious. So I, so I don't want to get I don't want to talk too much about it because what the what the hell? What do you going to expect? Hey, guess what? Uh, we didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, we I mean, didn't that's... like it. I mean, I
1: didn't hate the trailer. Uh, I think that the movie is looks like something I'm not going to enjoy at all. But honestly, like the trailer didn't offend me. It just doesn't look good.
0: No, Steve, it raped our childhoods, just like Roman Polanski raped that little girl. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I can't can't argue that. Make these damn jokes. It's such a ingrained terrible thing for us. Uh, no, it's it wasn't good. It was is exactly what I thought it was going to be, and it delivered on that. so I'm like, you know, this does not look like anything I'm going to like. Yeah. You know, your train, mean, especially the first trailer for this film, a film that has such a huge negativity going towards it. You think you'd want to be, you know, want to try to do your best. And it did not feel like they did their best. It felt like they just shit the bed. Yeah. For it's sure. Like, it felt like... A, it, it's, what's so sad is if you, um, like on your computer, on your desktop, you open up the Pixels trailer on one screen. You open up the Ghostbusters trailer on the other screen. You play them both at the same time. It is like the exact same fucking movie and the, exact, the exact same, same fucking movie. trailer. I believe it. I I thought I thought no that's not right but I so but someone on Fortran had them linked on this on the same post so I could open up them both right there and I played them and it was even down to the point that in the Pixels trailer Adam Sandler makes a joke and in the Ghostbusters trailer is uh, one of the well, I think Melissa McCarthy makes a joke and there's a pause of silence in both trailers at the same time and then like another word that's like the punchline for the joke that's actually amazing and I was like oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> But, no, I like, uh, and then stuff, but, and then there's the international trailer it dropped today as we're recording this that had more footage, it shows more Chris Hemsworth character, which looks like in the context of the film, gets hired because he's, he's a hunky man. I mean, he is pretty fucking handsome. Uh, feminism, guys.
1: But, uh, the international trailer did end on a joke that actually made me laugh.
0: Yeah, I shrugged, and I went, okay. It made me laugh. I, I didn't I didn't cringe as much. Yeah, it was no cringe. I mean, I still, I don't know, some bits. Like, I, I, here's my biggest beef that I don't see a lot of people talking about. So, like we said before, they had, there's a, Winston was the black character of the first film. Well, this film needs a black character. Here's our black character. So you're thinking, oh, cool, they'll make her more important? Like, maybe she's one of the scientists. She's like a, a more influential character. No, she just knows New York. She doesn't know all that science stuff. A Cadillac, mm. and she's just a black lady. Yep, she's the she's she was already looked like a token character, and now she's just acting and being written like she's a token character. That upset me. Yeah, I because you could you could easily say Winston's a token character, but well, there's a lot of backstory there. Originally, he was not supposed to be such a small role, but they got changed. And even in the film, in the context of what he was in the film, he's just the everyman. Didn't have to. It didn't matter if he was black or white or yeah. anything. He's just his a skin guy color never up. came up. Yeah, exactly. He's just a dude that shows up, needed a job, got the job, had some great lines. That was it. Mm-hmm. You know, and this it doesn't. His race has nothing to do with it. And this film just felt like it was all about race, and that's that's kind of annoys me. This, I, at this point, I feel like this film is going to turn to Robo- the RoboCop remake, where I will just not see it for like a, a year or two after until after it comes out, and I can just watch it on Prime for free. So, that's that. I mean, I think that might this might be our my the uh, last time we talk about this until it comes out. Mm-hmm. I I so, agree. Yeah, because I, I don't, I'm just I don't know what to say anymore. Like I we were, I was trying we were trying to remain, remain open minded until the trailer drop trailer dropped. Guess what? It's not what we, we want. So, mm-hmm. what else can you do? I don't want to sit here and keep railing on it because what's the fucking point of that?
1: There is none, and I de- I definitely uh, think that all the the massive number of reaction videos that are just saying the same shit, are is just annoying.
0: No, you need fifty different videos of fifty different people spending an hour yelling about a trailer. And that's all YouTube is. YouTube is like mostly just reaction videos now, and there's a huge economy based on studios doing the stupid shit. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, if you did anything to bitch about, you wouldn't make any money. Yeah, seriously. These people, these people are doing doing you a favor. They're, they're they're keeping your power on, keeping your car gassed up. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I mean, so whatever. But moving on, uh, keeping talking about getting paid, uh, the um, Terry Brellas uh, aka Hulk Hogan. His uh, lawsuit against Gawker is in court now. It started on Monday. I guess Gawker is li- is like live streaming the court case. <laughs> uh, that's that why that, that's how everyone knows all of what's going about it because they're streaming it. I guess they got to make more money as much you know as, as long as they can. Try to build up the amount of money that they owe Hulk Hogan because he's clearly going to win. Yeah, I okay. So for those who might not know the case, the case is that um, Hogan is suing Gawker because Gawker several couple years back. Posted his sex tape. Yeah. And there's some other stuff as well that was locked away. Then one of those tapes that was supposed to be sealed was the whole racist rant which co- caused uh, Hogan to get fired from the WWE and all that and stuff. And erased so that,
1: from history.
0: Yeah, and that was another big thing. It's like now it was became very questionable. Of like, well, God, did Gawker somehow get that leaked out to, to face Hogan? But that's not part of this. Part of this about his sex tape th- issue there and all sort of stuff. Like privacy issues and all that stuff. So he's suing them for a lot of money, and uh, and that's that's the court case. Now I, I, the hypocrisy of Gawker in this case is ridiculous because uh, they did all that, and they were the ones that when the the, the quote unquote fappening happened with all the uh, cloud uh, Apple iCloud uh, stuff with like you know Jennifer um, Lawrence and all the other actresses and people that all those nude pictures got leaked. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gawker was the one, site uh, condemning everybody like. If you do that, you're raping them. Like all this stuff. Like you guys, are the ones that were adamantly defending yourselves to the fact that you have every right as journalists to keep up Hulk Hogan's sex tape on your website. Yep. So, so fuck Gawker on that fact. So, but everything fuck on them. Hogan, look, everything that we know going into this case sounds like it's clearly in Hogan's favor. I hope he wins because he should. That's ridiculous. It doesn't matter if it's Hulk Hogan or if it's anybody else. I'd be saying the same damn thing because what Gawker did was deplorable. Absolutely agreed. So, I hope they he wins. I hope they go out of business. I feel sorry for everyone that works for Kotaku. I all those sites, but you know what? You work for a shitty ass fucking company that did something deplorable. Yep. So I hope you don't lose your jobs. I hope they have to sell the company and it goes to somebody else and you guys can keep your jobs. I hate to say that shit because you have to remember, you know, people do work for these companies that aren't necessarily bad people. Right. So, I mean, I it's, but um, I don't know. It's a tough thing sometimes. But you know what? Gawker fucked up. So. Yeah. I mean, uh, so we'll see what happens there. You can watch the live streams. You can see all the, the, the stuff. You can, I guess Hogan got a special permission from the judge to be able to wear his do-rag, his little bandana on his head. <laughs> about that I'm like at one point he's some point he's just really gonna have to just be okay with the fact that he's bald right but so you can you know, check that stuff out follow the case I imagine it won't last too long I, th- I think most people are predicting it only lasts about two weeks so you can see how that goes and uh, watch Hogan get, probably get the biggest payday of his career good he deserves it this
1: is the uh, probably the weirdest wrestling that I've seen the weirdest res- wrestling storyline I should say <sighs> um, but Gawker is a great heel. Uh, they are jobbing it really hard for Hogan here. I mean, they're jobbing it so hard that the editor for Gawker said that uh, he would only not post a celebrity sex tape if it was a child sex tape, and the uh, the age where he draws the line is four
0: and under. Newborn porn. There's a line from a Soderbergh film. Perfect. Everyone talks about that line, but you don't actually see anything happen. <coughs> nope. It's all implied, but everyone's like... Everyone acts like you actually see a dude stick his dick in a, in a, a newborn baby. No, you to see a dude pull, like, a prosthetic baby out of a vagina, and then you're <laughs> led to believe that he inserts his penis into that newborn baby. Right. Serbian film is like a human centipede, where a lot of people hyped it up and said it was disgusting, but it wasn't, it wasn't quite what they were making out to be. It wasn't that bad. I mean, bad. it's more... Sorry.
1: I was just saying it wasn't that bad uh, when it comes to shock, but... I didn't like the movie. I'll say that.
0: Uh, I thought it was interesting. Yeah, like there was parts where I was like, ah, like I know it was, it was Schlock, but <laughs> it wasn't like it wasn't great. But there were some things were like, aha, they're going that way. That is something I, I respect the filmmakers for having the balls to do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll say that. Now, there's one particular thing that happens in the climax of the film that I was not expecting, and I I had to applaud. <laughs> So maybe someday we'll, we'll discuss that more in depth, but uh, speaking of more in depth stuff to discuss, we have uh, two films that Steve brought to my, my attention, So I mean I've seen them, but he brought up for us to discuss this week, and uh, I, I think it's high time we get into that, Steve, what do you think?
1: I think so too, I love Tokuzatsu, uh, and it's kind of hard for us to talk about Tokuzatsu on this show, because if we talked about like the Super Sentai movie, none of our audience would have seen any of those at all, so I can't talk about that stuff. But this oh, stuff is fully this available.
0: Stuff, this stuff is fully available. You can watch one of these films on, on uh, YouTube for free. Yep. Easily. It's all. It's a Google search away. But and the other one talking. is uh, on Amazon
1: streaming, at least. I think it's not on Prime. It is. But...
0: I, I, I paid uh, $2.99 to watch it.
1: Which, we'll get into it, but I'd say that's a, a fair price for renting this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I don't get mad most of the time at what I pay when I rent something. Yep so that's cheaper than mine when it's something i don't necessarily feel like i need to have for sure so let's kick it off we are obviously we're discussing the two guyver films okay. uh the first film is guyver 1991 rated pg-13 uh directed by screaming mad george and steve wang
1: fuck yeah i kept on like being surprised when i kept seeing like all of like a several horror actors showing up in the film, and then when the end credits popped up, I was like, "Oh, right, I forgot." While watching the Screaming Mad George was part of directing this, so of course he knew all of these people.
0: I'm not too familiar with Screaming Mad George's uh, filmography.
1: Screaming Mad George is mostly a special effects artist. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The only movie that he co directed was Guyver, but he's done the special makeup effects on like sh- like I mean, he was *Big Trouble in Little China*. He was *Predator*, on Elm Street* three and four, like. Um, he even was, uh, was, uh, Dennis Hopper in space, uh, space space truckers. truckers. Yeah. But he was like uh, a big, like late eighties makeup guy and like some stuff in the uh, early eighties. He still did a couple things into the two thousands, but not too crazy much, but he was kind of one of the, uh, big up and comers. And then he kind of just went away.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And Steve Wang uh, also did some directing. Uh, he uh, directed some common writer stuff. He did some series for the series Dragon Knight, and they uh, didn't do a lot else besides that.
1: He was the second unit director on Kung Pao.
0: He's also a heavy special effects guy, just like uh, Scream- Screaming Mad George.
1: Yeah, and you can clearly see that with the suits in both of these films.
0: Uh, yeah, that. But we'll get we'll get into that. Yeah, because that might be a, a reason why some pro- there's some problems with the film. Mm-hmm. Uh. So, Giver, a young man discovers a mechanical device that merges with his own body, turning him to a cyborg superhero. When strange creatures start appearing, trying to take the device back, he begins to uncover a secret plot to genetically engineer terrifying monsters. This is written by Jean-Marc Rocher, Rocher at FiberBit.net. Thank you, Jean-Marc Rocher. 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 (laughs) Thank you. Uh, so, uh, Giver. Steve, you brought this to me. What do you think about Giver?
1: Um, I'm a big fan of the Giver, in general. Like, of the, uh, of both of the live-action films. Uh, spoilers. That's my thoughts on the films. We'll get into the details, but I like them. Um, I like the, uh, original anime. I have not seen enough of the newer anime, even though I think, like, it's uh, been out for ten years now, but I just haven't got around to it. I'm a piece of shit. I'm sorry. Um, and I also really like the, uh, the manga. I always thought the manga was cool as hell. And But it is the live-action films that introduced me to The Guyver. hmm And, uh, I... In gen- I will say this right now, I feel like both films are very different. Yes. Uh, they have very different tones, they have very different styles, but I like them both for what they are. Although they both also still have their pluses and negatives. Right so, on. So, uh, regarding The Guyver, first of all, it's definitely a, uh, it's a B movie. It's definitely a fun B movie with Mark Hamill in it, and the poster makes it look like Mark Hamill is the guy, because he's clearly the most marketable actor in the film. Yep, it's one of those
0: <laughs> those classic cases where you just slap the most recognizable name on the cut on, on it, even though they're not the star.
1: <laughs> um, but it is. Uh, there's a lot of fun. There's a lot of little. Uh, like, cameos and horror actors, which I think is great, uh, Linnea Quigley, uh, makes a cameo as a Scream Queen, I was just like, oh, fuck! Fucking, uh,
0: she's in this, that was cool. Yeah, she's, she even gets, like, billing at the top, at the start of the film, when they're going through actor names and stuff, it's like, Linnea Quigley, I'm like, oh, where she's at? Where's where, where she at in this film? Shows up for, like, 30 seconds, I'm like, oh, bye, Linnea! Yeah,
1: and that was it, but it was still great. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Michael Berryman is the... I'd say the main antagonist, he's not the big bad, but he's definitely the, uh, antagonist throughout the whole film. And I always like seeing, uh, Michael pop up in films. Cause I think he's, yeah, I think he's a legitimately good actor, but because of like, um, the,
0: uh, the hills have eyes.
1: I don't want to say the, uh, deformity, but it is a genetic. Deformity. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I
0: gotcha. His appearance. Yeah.
1: Um, which, you know, it's a, uh, what is it called? It's, uh, I have no idea. I'll look at his Wikipedia right now Hyphodeoric echodermal dysplasia. So he has no sweat glands, hair, fingernails, or teeth. Um, so it's a case where, like, he's a legit legitimately good actor, but because of his appearance, he has somewhat niche roles. So it's yes. great to see him in a role like this where he can play it, but his appearance has nothing to do with the
0: role itself. Nope. And it's, was... not like, it's not like in The Hills Have Eyes where he's just, like, playing a mutated freak. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So, you know, it was cool to see him just to get to legitimately act.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: Uh, and, you know, there's other uh, characters, too. Fucking the mayor from RoboCop 2's in this. Maracuzzi? <laughs> Maracuzzi. I
0: always love when he shows up. Uh, Jeffrey Combs is in this film for, like, three minutes. Yep. What a waste of Jeffrey Combs. I agree. <laughs> but, man, he owns it for how little he's in it.
1: He really does. <laughs> and. Uh, but maybe- and yeah, okay. I, I like the yeah. Let well, yeah, let's get into it.
0: Let's get into it. Uh, let's let's just uh, do our tr- tried and true method of positives. Let's go into some positives, Steve. Let's let's, start, let's rock those out. Um, I like the uh, villain characters.
1: I think they all have very unique personalities, and it's very reminiscent of classic Tokusatsu. Like, I mean, minus the violence, I feel like you could take any of these monster characters. And just put them into like any episode of Super Sentai or like Kamen Rider or something, and they would completely fit.
0: That's fair. I um, agree with that.
1: Uh, you know that sometimes sometimes they're cartoony, uh, other times they are threatening, and they uh, they try to balance it. And I, that's what I that's what I like about Toku is that sort of like that sort of handling of uh, villains like that. Mm-hmm. Um, On top of that, the uh,
0: their costumes yeah. looked very good.
1: The costumes are fantastic. The Zonoids all look great. Uh, you know, you got a wrapping gremlin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got a Russian elephant. You got um, uh, uh, Michael's zonoid form is fucking fantastic, terrifying, and uh, his girlfriend and I forget the name of the lady that plays her. uh is I think I know she's mostly like a stunt actress, and she's played like. Uh, a Klingon in Star Trek V, but otherwise she was mostly a stunt actress and very few face roles. But she did a really good job because she's buff as fuck.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And her zonoid form is uh, she wins the award for most adorable zonoid. So cute. Uh, Spice this. Williams. There we go. Spice Williams, cute as zonoid. Good job. Where this, where this, you get a little statue because you got the, you got the bat ears and your furry and you got the big beady eyes and oh my god, you're so cute. Not <laughs> threatening at all. And the uh of course the Guyver suit itself looks fantastic. It gets better and we'll get into that, but uh I like the Guyver suit. I think it's visually cool and interesting looking. Uh the fucking uh and the little touches with the suit like the way the uh the head horn goes up and down depending on whether they're fighting or not, the uh the way the eyes around the suit move, uh the way they get into position in front of the face and the uh the venting. It's such yep. a great idea and the way they did in the
0: film is it's 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 cool. It's it's just cool. It's very cool. I totally agree with that. Uh, one thing I want to point out real quick. I when I, when I keep reading all of the, like, I was looking over some reviews and stuff when I, when I was getting ready for this film. It's so funny how people call this, like, a Power Rangers ripoff. <laughs> well, which which is funny because even then, like, uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers didn't start in the United States until 1993. Mm-hmm. And the Guyver came out in 1991. Yep. So, and I mean, this is obviously, you know, forgive. Yes, yes, it's based off of manga. It's based off of the other stuff that's before it. But even if you're like an American or, a, I guess, someone that's a, a more Western audience and you're more used to Power Rangers stuff, you should be able to at least look at dates and go, oh, this film came out before that. So clearly it's not trying to be a Power Rangers ripoff. Yeah. Um, and that's...
1: That, fucking idiots. That's just another case of... It's the same struggle I've had with Super Task Force, is dealing with people that... Either Power Rangers fans don't care about it because it's not a Power Rangers fan film, or people that uh, understand that it's not a fan film don't give a fuck because they just think it's a Power Rangers ripoff. Like, it, it's so hard to make people in America understand that Tokuzatsu is an actual fucking genre and it's yeah, not just fucking Power Rangers.
0: Yeah, because it never took off here. Because we had, uh, cause, let's see, we did My Power Rangers, um, Big Bad Beetleboards, VR, VR Troopers, Troopers uh, with the, uh, what was it the was Tat? Tattooed teenage, teenage alien sh-
1: fighters from Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills. I mean, uh, Beverly which was Hills completely, which was completely American-made. That was a rip-off. <laughs> that was an um, and and don't forget uh, the Samurai Cyber Squad, the Cyber yeah, Samurai, Samurai Cyber Squad, yeah. yeah, which was honestly I mean, one of my favorites because I, but only because I love the suits so much and Tim Curry was the villain.
0: Yes, uh, <laughs> that, that that was that was the Ultraman footage. Yes, stuff, it was ultra. It? it was like it was a computer-based Ultraman thing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's all these different tokusatsu stuff that was kind of becoming the American tokusatsu stuff, some of which was actually, like, original stuff, not just uh, stealing a footage, not stealing, you know, repurposing a footage from Japan. And it's really funny that even like a that that didn't take off. There was even a masked Rider series that you yeah there Rider yeah stuff. there was masked uh, right, even there. like up a couple years ago they brought Dragon Knight. That was a series that Saban brought over again to try that out. I mean there's it's so funny like during the 90s there was all these different series, but it just never seemed to catch on as a genre in America yet, except for my except for Power Rangers. And yet everyone, if if anything's remotely Power Rangers like. It's a, it's a Power Rangers ripoff, and like it's funny, like no one remembers all this slew of other stuff that was made, that was admittedly Saban trying to ride the hype and try to you know kind mm-hmm. of spread out the branding and try to you know do more stuff. They tried,
1: which <laughs> I appreciated.
0: I really liked Beetleborgs when I was growing up. Beetleborgs was I, great. A lot of times i came up, I turned out uh, watching that more than I did Power Rangers. Same with uh, uh, VR Troopers and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that stuff had its place for sure. It's just. It's just funny how it's, um, like, pop culture's remembering of that stuff is purely just... It's Power Rangers. Mm Mm-hmm. Even no matter what you show them, it's Power Rangers. What's Uh, this thing? uh, It's Power Rangers. Well, uh, part of that I
1: understand because Power Rangers was such a fucking, like, mega hit. Oh, yeah, But still, like, Spider-Man was a mega hit and people didn't see the X-Men movie and go, like, oh, fucking Spider-Man ripoff. Like, no, people understood the superheroes are a fucking thing. Why can't they understand Toku's a fucking thing?
0: Yeah, it's very silly. Uh, look at my notes here. Other positive stuff for me. Uh, I think we hit them. Okay.
1: Uh-huh. Um, I will say, i uh I enjoy the film's sense of humor most of the time. Um, most of the time, but there's but there's a there's stuff that doesn't work. Uh but otherwise, uh, most of it works for me. Like, but little things is what I laugh the most at. Like the fact that the CEO of Kronos, the Zoa Lord, keeps the toaster. And attempts yeah. to use it to make toast. I did find that funny. Wait, hilarious! Yeah, he's just like, everything is going wrong for this guy today. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then other things don't work, obviously.
0: Yeah, the uh, the attempts at comedy with the wrappings. The oh right? god, the
1: wrapping. <laughs> when I was showing I was it to my a, wife, such... the first time he rapped, my wife was just like, why did that happen? When I looked at her and just went, that's gonna keep happening. She immediately just was like, oh no.
0: It's the early 90s. Got to have a kind of black rapping monster. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, before we get into negatives, I don't want to say I'm like I'm just totally shitting on this film. I I like I like a lot of things that are going for it. I think they're trying. It's cool that they're trying to make this like Japanese manga series adaptation in the early 90s. New, it's really cool New Lines doing this. There's uh, there's there's not a market at this time. It's not like if this was made like after power Rangers, I could totally see them try to cash in on something there's really nothing they're trying to cash in on yet. yeah this movie
1: shouldn't this movie. exist by all like accounts
0: <laughs> yeah it it's just pretty fantastic they actually made this uh, you know, it made me laugh it's like Mark Hamill's in this but if if i I felt like when I was watching it if I if I didn't know that 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 detective character is mark hamill i probably would never guess he's mark hamill because mm-hmm. he really kind of disappears in the role really well this is my personal thoughts about it It doesn't expressly because he doesn't sound like mark hamill to me doesn't necessarily look like mark hamill because it's the movie's a dark and b he's got a mustache and all this other stuff going on for him i kind of respect that though no, no yeah. i know i i'm a, it's a positive it's definitely a thumbs up here that's really good cool that he could just like disappear into the role mm-hmm. so i thought that was cool um he obviously, Michael Berryman. We talked about that. Um, that's about it for me when it comes to like super like standout positive stuff. Besides mm-hmm. the fact that it's like cool, they made this film, but then like everything kind of falls into that like questionable like negative side where it's like I respect what they did here, but why they do this? Mm-hmm. So unless you have, if you had some other standout positives you want to talk about, I was going to start talking into some some more criticism of the film.
1: I mean, positives that I have with it is general stuff that I just like about Guyver as a franchise, so I don't want to get into it, like, specifically for the film.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, just, like, the suit, the zoanoids, that type of stuff. The
1: lore, the idea that, like, aliens created humans as a fucking weapon, shit like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I, I think it's, it's all sound stuff that in that regard.
1: hmm um, I mean, I just enjoy the film, you know? There's not too many, like... The standout positives I feel we've already gone over, so let's get into the negatives.
0: Negatives. My number one negative of this film is that the fight scenes are not well choreographed, thus they become kind of boring, because they're just long.
1: Mm-hmm. I do agree with you on that. The fight scenes are not super interesting, and they are very long.
0: It's uh, My wife described it as... Uh, which is funny when we talk about two special effects guys uh, directing the film. It's almost as if... Um, we were just talking about this... Uh, um, it's always like, "Hey, I made these really cool costumes. You want to make a movie?" <laughs> <laughs> like this movie is like, just, like, uh, bl- like stroking its cock about, "Hey, look at these sweet costumes, guys." And I'm like, "Yeah, they look cool. Can you do something with them, please?" Because mm-hmm. you're just like, these are just nothing. Okay, the guy ever kicked him again, and you're gonna kick him back, and you're gonna kick him again. Like, do something. Have some urgency in your in your choreography and your fight scene here cuz all you're doing is just spending like 15 minutes fight like fucking around in this warehouse. Yeah. And it's just it's boring and it really drags the film out to to just almost like a um, hard to sit through length. And it's not even that long of a movie. It's like 90 minutes, yeah.
1: Cuz there cuz there's time when the fights are are fine like when um Oh fucking uh Michael Barryman's what's his character name? Um uh Lisker. Uh, like the fight between Guyver and Lisker in the warehouse. That part is fine, but everything leading up to that
0: is really fucking long for no reason. Oh uh, man, wasn't it so cool when he's like walking towards the camera and they're making it shake like he's making the ground shake? He never did that before. Yeah, whatever. I was fine with that. It, it, there's just some little things that I'm just like oh, what you could have done that a little bit better. I mean, don't be so on the don't be so on the nose with it. <laughs> Because this film is trying to take itself, like trying to present itself very seriously, but it does really goofy things. Like I can, like there's, I can, I can go with some little jokes, like the toaster and some other things. But there's some bits where it's like, mm. see, I
1: don't, th- I think that the movie doesn't take itself seriously. I think it's try, I think it tells, I think it takes the story seriously, but as a movie, it tries to have fun with the serious story. Uh, kind of what mm-hmm. I do with Everyone Must Die, where like the story itself is serious, but there's still a bunch of silly shit happening. That's how
0: I took
1: the film myself
0: that's fair and i made it this case for me it just doesn't translate too well and
1: that's fine too
0: yeah uh but so the the fight scenes are too long um the lead actor um mm. greg uh, J- greg jung pack no that's dr that's jack the, um, armstrong um, um, play sean yeah, barker fu- wow he's not he doesn't even have what's the oh the okay it's going off the billing uh from the movie which is funny because i like, trying to find him on here is very hilarious yeah that's jack armstrong uh he's
1: not good <laughs> no he is not, not right. good and whatever the lady who played misky
0: uh vivian Wu, also not good i can give her some credit because i it's very clear that english is not her first language yes and i will agree with you on that so i'll give her i'll give her a break like i think she's trying her best she's better than jack for sure but jack armstrong oh boy oh boy i was uh he's not good he
1: is not good i hope they replace him for the sequel
0: <laughs> Let's keep our fingers
1: crossed. Fingers crossed. Uh just re recast him cuz he's not very good. Like yeah, yeah, he was he was whiny when he tried to be badass. He wasn't good at it. Uh I'll give him some props that he was good at being angry, but that's it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and his voiceover work? Oh boy. I am the Giver That's the take you're going with, huh guys? That's the take. That's the best take you got out of Jack.
0: Uh shit, what's my favorite one? Um death has already rejected me oh it could have been such
1: a badass line it could have been such a cool line if it was performed correctly
0: what's so funny is looking at his as a imdb he's uh he basically he's supposed to soap opera actor now well (laughs) does does tv series stuff well he belongs on soap operas yeah like like that that is so fitting for him Mm -hmm. but i mean other than like that I don't have a ton of negatives. It might seem weird but like the, the 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 slowing down of the film through the boring long fight scenes really just hurts my enjoyment of the film. I'm just sitting there like, "Man, can we get on with it?"
1: Oh, also like, the the Lord looks silly as fuck, but I respect that they tried.
0: Oh, they made they made like a really cool like giant practical monster. Yeah. It's just him trying to fight the guyver with those ridiculous fucking like static arms waving around Hilarious. in front of him. It Hilarious. just look looked terrible. Yep. Uh oh yeah the the goofy gang that that fights um Sean at the when he before he transforms into Guyver that yeah. was a bit much. That was weird but again another I, moment of weird comedy. Weird comedy it it not
1: that entire scene didn't work for me but a few parts did.
0: Yeah. So I, I that you I know it might be a short review for the first film. That's about it. It's like, hey, this it's it's a for effort, but overall, just like, eh, you guys could have done a bit better, maybe. Yeah, and I agree. As as much
1: as I do like the film, I completely agree with you.
0: Yeah, it's one of those cases where it's like, oh, these these special effects guys got to make their movie. It looks good in that department, but it's like it's just lacking in everything else. Yeah. So star ratings on 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 The Giver, unless there was any other uh, no. little points you want to talk about star ratings is fine let's do it uh for me i had to give it a two and a half i give it a three and a half right on
1: i like it a lot but it definitely has some issues holding it back but i still think it's a good time worth a watch if you've never seen it but keep in mind for the uh slow fight scenes
0: yeah that's my one thing i i don't know if i can even recommend it it's so i would almost say like hey if you're gonna spend the hour and a half watching this why don't you just go watch the anime Mm -hmm. like it's one of those cases where i just cannot recommend like this film it's just like i don't i don't know you but some people might get a kick out of it if, like if you're really into special effects stuff and you can appreciate yeah. that stuff a lot more trust me it's all over the place here so I'm sure i will you'll s- get your i will say that fill.
1: somehow this 1991 low budget special effects directed movie is a way better adaptation of an anime manga than Dragon Ball evolution was
0: That's true. Dragon Ball Evolution definitely shows you what having more budget in a studio meddling with things can change something.
1: I feel so bad for James Marsters because he fought so hard to get his character as accurate as possible and it was such an uphill battle just to get Piccolo Green, apparently. Yep. I feel bad for him because he was such a fucking nerd and he was just so happy to be a part of it and I can't blame him for being a part of it. (laughs) Just like I can't blame Ryan Reynolds for being Deadpool in X-Men Origins.
0: Yeah, well, part of that wasn't necessarily His knowledge, up to his knowledge, either. No, agreed. But like, it's like, oh, I play Wade Wilson. Sweet, let's do it. Wait, what's this whole Deadpool thing? All right, so let's uh, get into Guyver: Dark Hero, or also known as Guyver Two. Yes, that's that's also a title for it. Apparently, yes. Uh, Guyver: Dark Hero, 1994, two hours and seven minutes. Uh, we're going to talk about that. Oh boy! Radar, directed by Stephen Stephen Wong. Uh, no screaming uh, screaming, mad George this time. Sean Baker becomes the unwilling host to an alien bio-armor known as the Giver. A year ago, he destroyed the Cronus Corporation, an organization of mutants who want the Giver. Now he is trying to find why the Giver unit forces him to fight and kill evil. He is led to an archaeological site where scientists discover an ancient spacecraft. Now he must fight Cronus again before they discover the secrets of the Giver's origin. Neat. Thank you, Pace at Interpath.com. <laughs> uh. I, I I I sometimes I love the want the synopsises that people type, mm-hmm. but, but other times I hate them. <laughs> this is one of those times. So, Guyver, dark hero, uh, as we usually do, Steve, tell me what you thought about Guyver, dark hero. I, I think
1: Guyver Guyver two is way better than Guyver one, but it generally loses its sense of humor. So, if what you liked about Guyver one was its funny, wacky, goofy tone, that is not here. Out the
0: fucking window.
1: Uh, there's a couple... There there are a couple jokes. Um... But it's not goofy. It's a very... It's This is a serious R-rated sci-fi tokuzatsu. You know, all you motherfuckers yes. out there that keep up saying, mm, I want an R-rated Power Rangers. You got it. It's called Giver 2, you pieces of dog shit. If you want to see... If you want to see a hero in a bio-booster armor suit that makes you superhuman, tearing monsters apart and blood just gushing out of fucking everything. You got Guyver 2. Don't ruin Power Rangers.
0: Uh, but where's my Guardian Beasts? Fuck you. Where are they at?
1: Uh, but yeah, uh, I like Guyver 2 a lot. Uh, we'll get into the negatives in a second, because it still has negatives, but overall I think it is far superior. The suits? Holy shit. (laughs) Uh, you know, in the 90s, whenever a sci-fi movie got a sequel things got worse. Guyver 2 is somehow a huge exception to the rule where every suit gets better.
0: And the budget is like a third of what the first film was. Uh, It's
1: one million dollars for the budget of Guyver 2. And you know what? They reused a few suits. That's fine.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you have the suits, use them. I mean, you're you're technically making mutant alien creatures. There's no reason you can't use the same suits.
1: Exactly. And the Guyver suit looks what it should have looked like the whole time because in Guyver 1, he was like fucking like red and brown and like had way more of the kind of organic webbing between armor plates. Whereas in Guyver mm. 2, he's way more armor plates and he's blue, which is what Guyver has always been. Yeah. Like, this is this is Guyver straight out of the manga, straight out of the anime. Guyver. Mm. Looks great. Kickin' ass. Uh, so, uh, the action is way better. Uh, choreo- oh, yeah. Choreography top-notch at no point, or at least in my opinion, I don't know how you feel, Bill, but at no point in any of the fights in this one am I bored.
0: No, they, they definitely have a lot more sense of urgency. They're well well more choreographed. I want to say, like, this is a case where the film does come out. It came out in 94, so it does come out post-Power Rangers. And I think, well, I think at this case, it's not necessarily the Power Rangers influencing this, but I think this film was able to do more. Part of me thinks that maybe with the first Guyver film, they didn't have, they were trying to sell this film to an American audience not knowing anything about tokusatsu, so they didn't know what to do with it. I think going to this film, they're like, okay people know what power rangers are people who know what to expect from that so this film like the fight scenes and everything felt way more Tokuzatsu mm-hmm. and felt like way more like kamen rider and uh super sentai yeah like the the maneuver like the choreography just the like the action like what he's doing all this stuff felt way more in tone with what they're trying to go for yes and uh, definitely
1: had some more fluidity to it um another uh big positive uh for me because i think we just basically started the positives uh yeah. <laughs> um, oh, well, what's your general thoughts before we get into the positives on Guyver? Do you mostly agree? That yeah. It's oh, totally. <laughs> that's what I'm saying
0: like, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. This this movie is Dark Hero is a staunch improvement over the first one. Good. I'm
1: glad you think that because I originally I didn't think that you'd seen either Guyver movie, so it's cool that you saw it, which makes sense because you grew up in the same sort of. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen
0: both of these films. Um, just renting them over the years. It's, it's been probably like fifteen years since I've watched them.
1: I thought that you were going to like Guyver One because it was goofier and not like Guyver Two as much because it's slower. But I, I think it's groovy that we both have the, mostly the same opinion on this. Yeah. Um. So uh, getting into the pros, uh, David Hayter, who is famously known as Solid Snake, is now Sean Barker. Whoa, holy shit, improvement! Like, I am, honestly, even my wife was saying that we, she was bummed that he didn't do more movie acting, because he's a good screen actor. Yeah. Uh, He does a a bang-up job, you know, he's good at, like, dealing with, like, balancing trying to be a normal person again, and also dealing with uh, the cyber suit pushing him to, like, kill and be violent. Mm -hmm. And uh, he handles his rage a whole lot more realistically than Jack did. Um, and he's just more likable, also more handsome. And there's a, f- <laughs> I, I, yeah, I agree with that. And there's a few moments where he's very snake-like, <laughs> and clearly it's this true. is years before Solid the snake, but you could see where it was coming from.
0: Yeah, in this film, there's a lot more voiceover work for the suit, and obviously, but he has been doing. You know, he's he's no, mostly known for voice acting and video games and other stuff. So it's clear, like that, that was more where he could shine. But even when he's outside the suit, his normal acting was pretty solid. Yeah, pretty solid. Not the greatest, but really solid. Solid enough that uh, Kojima's
1: claim that he needed a face actor to be able to act as Venom Snake in Metal Gear Solid V is bullshit, because David can do that. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Metal Gear Solid. Oh,
1: at one point, uh, I laughed because at one point in Guyver Two, David Hayter is in camo sneaking up on someone who's doing spy work, and I was just like, huh. Yeah, I laughed at that. <laughs>
0: there's, there's definitely some Metal Gear Guyver moments. Yeah, completely unintended, obviously, because this is
1: four years before Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> yes. Um, I thought Kathy Christopherson as Corey Edwards was very good. She was very easy on the eyes, but I actually believed that she was smart.
0: Yeah, that's true. Sometimes you get those... those uh movie moments where they cast a hot chick to play a scientist it's like mm. and
1: and i think uh, to the movie's credit they didn't try to make her like the super smart scientist and just slap glasses on her to make you believe it like she was an archaeologist and like that's where her knowledge kind of began and ended yeah but i totally bought into it like she seemed like a yeah. nerdy little fucking archaeologist who had an archaeologist dad and then grew up to be hot oh that's
0: cool apparently she also worked on common rider dragon knight that's amazing <laughs> She she must have followed Stephen Wong on stuff.
1: Uh, I liked Bruno Patrick a lot as uh, Crane, who is the antagonist of this film, uh, mm-hmm. because he's very, he's a very stark contrast to the villains of the first film, which is keeping in line with giving all of these Zonoids their own very unique personality, although you get it less in this film. Mm-hmm. Or, like, the rest of the team of Zonoids are much more monster, f- ep- monster of the day fodder than mm-hmm. characters, yeah. but Crane himself is very top-notch. I liked him a lot because he's very soft-spoken. He's not... What you would picture as a monster villain, and I like agreed.
0: It. It's a good uh, difference because, like in the first film, even though they transform it into the zooloids, they the gang members are still kind of physically imposing. This guy looks like a weaker guy. Yeah, he looks like little puss. Yeah, little puss. So that, that's good. That's a good change because he can obviously transform into the super powerful Zolanoid, and so And his it's just that good. And his design difference. is probably
1: my favorite Zoonoid design in both films. It's pretty badass. It's probably <laughs> my favorite as well. Um, and uh. Although he had a much smaller role, I did enjoy, uh, S- uh, Stuart Weiss as, uh, Marcus, uh, Corey's father. Hmm? I like a nice elderly old man. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and, uh, a nice little mention of, like, hey, not, just because you're, uh, a zoonoid doesn't mean you're automatically an evil piece of shit.
0: Yeah, you could just, you know, <laughs> he, turn to. a He's part of the company! Zoonoid. He's
1: part of the company! Yeah. But that doesn't mean he's all about human genocide and shit. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um... That's the, that's the positives with the actors. Uh, it gets into the war a lot more, which I think is cool. Like all the flashback shit is really mm-hmm. cool. Like showing like protozoa noise in the, and like the first guy ever, which was a lady guy, which is hard to tell. Like, you, cause it's a dark sort of flashback cause it takes place at nighttime. Mm-hmm. Uh, you uh, may not notice unless you watch the credits and then watch the scene again, but that's a Lady Giver, and I've always thought Lady Givers look cool as fuck. It's pretty cool. Uh, but they get into the aliens, they get into that sort of thing more, and it's it's just cool. Like, there's a lot more lore, there's a lot more story, uh, there's a lot more characterization. And they even had the uh, decency for Sean to break up with Mitski.
0: Yeah, they definitely cut that tie. It's like, hey, I it's not the suit killing people, it's not me killing people, it's the suit, it's like, mm, I don't know about that, so it's like, okay, well, this isn't gonna work out. Well, it makes
1: sense, too, because, like, in the first film, even, like, af- after everything, Miski was still, like, pulling her hands away from Sean in the suit and stuff, because, like, she was afraid of the Giver, whereas, mm-hmm. like, Corey, this very, very stark contrast is that when Corey sees Sean in the suit, and Sean's immediate reaction is like, oh, you think I'm a fucking monster, because that's what Miski thought, Corey like, fucking wraps her arms around him is just like nope fu-. nope she gets it yeah which is like that's they're a much better match and like that scene really establishes that this is this film has much better storytelling as
0: well <laughs> oh absolutely i was gonna say like my biggest like one at my first notes i wrote, it was character development uh-huh. like it's super just well establishing sean and all his problems about like he's is dealing with the guilt of killing people even though he's killing like these drug lords at the start of the film he still has he still has troubles with it he's like great opening too what am i doing yeah that opening's fantastic and he's just fucking beating the shit (laughs) out of these guys Some great great stunt work going on there um and then he also does the classic laser blasting and his fucking like name on the wall and i was like oh that's that's great Mm -hmm. Uh, my favorite Um, part of
1: the opening is that security guard gets shot like seven times and then on the news the next day he's like he's in critical condition and may not make it
0: hey good on that guy that he guy's it. He's guy's tough doing it. as fuck <laughs> he got fucking like crucified the alex murphy style <laughs> and he made it. um no but like that's my biggest that's my definitely my biggest plus from this film versus the first film is just like the journey that sean's going through accepting what he is and like he wants to get rid of it and he's like you know what no i need to use this for good mm-hmm. And all this of stuff. It's just like yeah, there's actual character development, a character arc, and all that like, coming to terms with your your powers, everything else. Yeah, it's great. I loved it. I thought it was great. It was really enjoyable. The backstory stuff, like everything was really really going for it, and I I liked where they were what they were doing. Um, and uh, the last couple positives
1: is that um always a fan, you know, in the franchise when they find another Giver unit, which they did in this, uh, and with the twist that it was the damage unit was cool. The Giver Zoonoid, holy shit so fucking cool.
0: Yeah, they did a great <laughs> job of making it you know, obviously they took the Zoonoid that the that crane was and then turned it into the Giver and it was a great job of still making it look imposing and also in and in a way like making it look like it's more powerful than the regular Giver unit. Mm-hmm. So that well, way, again, it's some like some stakes and edge. It's like, it's, you
1: put that suit on top... You, may, you turn a human into a zoonoid, their strength includes tenfold. You turn a human into a gyver, their strength inclu- increases fiftyfold. You put a suit on a zoonoid! Oh, fuck! Yeah. Um. And the fight scene between the gyver and the gyver zoonoid, uh, which I believe was, his name is Biomorph.
0: Yeah. Probably, well, it's like... I, I wrote it down. It was, um... Uh what they what they are uh, they call it the guy this is called the Giver Zonoid.
1: Yeah, but I mean um when um Mark Bi- when Crane activates it he says Biomorph, I believe, which I think means that's the name of the unit. Could be. It I mean it could just be a, a word that they tossed in. They're like, We need him to say something. Whatever. But regardless, the uh the fight between Gyver and the Gyver Zoonoid is to this day one of my absolute favorite fight scenes in a movie ever. It's got some silly shit, but that's because the Gyvers have like anti-gravity units in their suits, like, the little orb on their belts, in the anime and shit, they can fly and fuck. Yeah.
0: Um... Oh, fly and fuck? Yeah, it's
1: really impressive. Um, whereas in this, obviously, they had a million dollar budget, so Gavra wasn't doing any Superman shit, but they, all the, like, slightly slowing down before touching the ground, the, uh, humanly impossible bicycle kicks and stuff like that, that's all, like, the anti-grav unit, which I think is cool. But even with the goofy stuff, like, the the choreography is so fucking tight in that fight I agree. and nonstop shit is happening it's like punch 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 uh fucking reversal reversal kick kick reversal uh and meet up it's it's the coolest looking fight mm-hmm. i dig it a lot Good
0: suits too those suits had a lot of mobility to them oh yeah uh, other stuff oh yeah which that sounds great
1: uh any other positives to stick out to you before we get into the negatives
0: I mean, we really hit him. Like, the bulk of it was just the, the scripts, the suits, the choreography. Uh, that was it. Oh, the, I, mean, like, I, I that.
1: appreciated the FBI guy was an FBI guy, and not just another fucking bullshit Mr. Exonoid. Yeah. And he's not a complete dickwad. Like, he just acts like a jerk, and then when Sean does what he wants anyway, the guy's like, go get him,
0: kid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was he a was more down-to-earth, realistic FBI guy. Yeah. Not, not an asshole.
1: Always nice to so. see that.
0: Yeah, so I mean, it might be a short list on positives, but th- th- those things go a long way from the film. It's
1: a short list of positive, but they're big
0: positives. Yeah, agreed. So uh, let's just uh, turn the knob over here to negatives. <clears throat> uh, for me, there's for me, there's only one
1: main negative. I mean, there's a couple nitpicky things here and there. Don't get me wrong, but like the main big negative
0: is that's too fucking long. That is my number one <laughs> negative, and the biggest negative I have for the film is definitely it is it could, too long. Too long. This this movie could have lost thirty minutes, and uh, between
1: Act One and Act Two, easily, because there's a whole lot of time spent just walking around and digging up this
0: fucking spaceship. Yeah, uh, we could have lost a lot of that and lost nothing in the story. Yeah, I don't know why they felt to pad this film out to two hours and seven minutes. <clears throat> jesus this is a 90 minute film that does that is just too long completely agree and as much
1: as i do love the film 1000% agreed it is so fucking slow until you get to like mid-act two
0: yeah with the first film i complain about the boring long fight scenes stretching that film out and just making it making it too long even though it's like a 90 minute film this film is just everything's so tight it's just but in the fight scenes i was like doing important scenes but then yeah it was the scenes of nothing it's like Oh come on, do something, please! You got me here. Just, just get going. Shift gears. Come on, I'm, I'm with you guys. You're losing me because just nothing's happening. Please, please do something. Please. Yeah. After, after
1: the, uh, the first Zoonoid attack at the camp, I'll take care of the bear. Great line. Yeah.
0: (laughs) What do you mean you can take care of the bear? (laughs) Fucking
1: hilarious. Because it, my wife had the same reaction to that line over the same amount of time that Corey did in the film. Which was fucking brilliant, because <laughs> it's that same thing. Records like, okay, you got it. Beat, beat. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, but after that scene, up to the next zoonoid fight, holy shit! You're just going, Jesus Christ! Please, something happened.
0: Yeah, no shit. That, that's the big thing that really hurts the film the most for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, my second thing is kind of maybe kind of nitpicky, but the the Foley work in this film really was pissing me <laughs> off. Uh-huh. There's the one. There's the one big zoonoid that looks like a rhino. Yeah, it, every time it yelled, they used that fucking cat screaming like sound. It's the same sound oh. effect, yeah, all the time. Why does it have a cat screaming sound coming out of it? What if the big, like, like I don't know, I like, but with another with a particular roar sound effect, I'm like, why stop it? I don't mind that it, that was the
1: there, sound they chose for because zonoids are like all clearly like amalgamations of different animals. Because like even the rhino is like rhino porcupine.
0: I don't. That's great. I don't want to hear that fucking cat sound effect anymore.
1: No, that that every, I agree with you on. They reuse the same time, fucking sound like,
0: effect. Every time that goddamn right is like, it's the roar sound with like the cat scream on top of it, and it sticks out like a sore thumb. It's like, why is a cat scream? Why is that goofy sounding cat? It might as well might as well have the Wilhelm scream blasting out of this thing's mouth every time it opens It's you know the screen. Mm-hmm. and it just drove me nuts. Yeah,
1: that's a f- totally totally fair nitpick though. They could have at Another... least mixed up the fucking sound effect.
0: Yeah, and another um, like weird, like fully goof up. Is I think this one was a mistake on their part. Uh, was when, um, uh, shut up, I have the actor's name here. Uh, when Atkins, the FBI yeah. guy, when he goes to kill the lady, uh, he after he like electrocutes her and stuff, he just has a regular hand, like handgun. But when he shoots her, it has like a silencer gun. Yeah, like shot sounds. I'm like, what? Definite mistake on the uh, editing there. Yeah, I was like, silencer gun, like, pew, pew. And then he says, bitch. I'm like, okay, well, great. Everything's great now. I mean, that, that was great. <laughs> that's I great. That's a great ending like, to that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you, you, you fucked up on your, on your Foley sound effect, but you made up for it because the guy just called her a bitch. Is great. I loved it. It was such a great, like, uh, tagline for the, like, uh, you know, every action we need to have those lines, His like, bitch. <laughs> perfect. Thank it you. was. It, it was perfect. So that's that's it for my negatives because that's the like I said the length and then some of the weird foley stuff is really what I will say it's, bothered me the most. It's not
1: really negative, but my favorite little nitpick is when they are quote unquote destroying the ship, and their plan is strapping a little bit of dynamite to the things holding up the sh- the rocks in front of the ship. I don't know what your plan on your plan was to destroy this alien warship with a little bit of dynamite in front of like. An exposed five feet of a 40-meter-tall
0: ship. Hey, Steve, Steve. Steve. Good plan, guys. They're in the middle of their plan. They got caught. They didn't get a chance to they You're right. They, didn't get, did they not... had more dynamite.
1: <laughs> Way more dynamite. Yeah, also, I, I like that the box said dynamite, just to let you know. Hey, that's,
0: you got notes in the box. You got notes in the box. Would have helped out uh, Brad Pitt a lot. It would have. <laughs> he might not have killed Kevin Spacey. Uh, but I agree. That's basically the only
1: negative of the film. It is if it was toned if the length was toned down it would it would probably be a 5 out of 5 for me cuz it's it does a lot fucking right but the how slow the film is in the second half of act 1 and the first half of act 2 brings down the film you know a lot
0: yeah I, 100% agree 100% agree on that so i mean we can wrap it up here um any Final thoughts on, on Giver, Dark Hero. Great R-rated Tokusatsu, Probably. Check it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We didn't say the gore.
1: Oh, yeah. Was so awesome. <laughs> so fucking awesome.
0: Uh, not a lot happens until, like, the Giver starts fighting, like, starts doing stuff. It's like cracking wrists, blood spraying out of mouth Shooting lasers
1: and... in their eyes. <laughs> Jesus Rushing
0: skulls. It was so great. So rad. Super rad. Cause it, cause it really hadn't come up yet until they start like Giver and the one zone or start fighting, and it's like, holy shit, what is happening? <laughs> that
1: that was my favorite reaction from my wife was him murdering the rhino zoonoid. And it was every yeah. like two seconds, she was going, holy shit, holy shit.
0: I was, I was just losing my mind. Like I thought it was going to get pretty rad when he fucking decapitates the one bug zoonoid in the river, and it's like oh, just a fucking sea of blood underneath <laughs> yes. of it. And then it just, it just ramped right up after that, and I, I really loved it. It was so good. It was like straight up like I don't know, like a Mickey film, like Tokyo Gore Police, and all that. Type it of really stuff.
1: It really was. It was so fucking good.
0: <laughs> so that that's our that, boom. We'll leave it on a good. We'll leave it on a good note. Uh, so star ratings. I give it a very strong four and a half, uh, but
1: the entire half of star is lost completely because of the slow pacing.
0: Oh, I'm a lot more harsher on this. Uh, the film only gets like a three and a half from me because it's too fucking long.
1: Hey, you know what? That's fine, though, because we had... I like both movies. Uh, We had the exact same sort of star increase because you gave Giver 1 a two, and I gave Giver 1 a three and a half, and I moved up to a four and a half, and you moved up to a three and a half.
0: Yeah, so I think... <laughs> like I said, I, it, like they cut out 30 minutes from the film, and it was a tighter film. I, I probably would be with you. I probably around four four, four and a half stars, but in its current state, man... Its just rough. no I like i
1: have said numerous times, I agree with you, but for me, the good works so much so that I still love the film so much,
0: yeah, I mean, I still will I' still heap praise on it. And I actually will recommend people watch this one, just know that you know don't be afraid to get up and go to the bathroom if you need to it's during the in the first act first and like middle of the second act, yeah,
1: after the uh, <laughs> night bear attack, go get a snack,
0: go get, go get a pizza or something <laughs> you' are okay,
1: by the time you come back it's gonna be great. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but you know, so that's 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 it. So there's the Guyver films. There's our there's our little dipping our toe in the tokuzatsu genre. It felt good. Maybe we'll jump into the pool at a later date.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. I, th- I would Cha-cha-cha. I would
1: really love to do that.
0: <laughs> cool. If you love tokuzatsu and you want to like give us some tips about tokuzatsu, hit us up Emily, Phils, Bill, and Steve at gmail.com. You can also find all of our episodes, all of them. I know, right? At moviefilmsofbillandsteve.tumblr.com. We're also on iTunes and on Facebook. Just look up Movie films of Bill and Steve on both of those respective platforms. Give us a like, give us a subscribe, do some other positive things, and that'd be great. And you can also find me on Twitter at lovablebill.
1: And of course, you can check out all of my films at silverspotlightfilms.com and facebook.com silverspotlightfilms You know, check out The Survivors, please. It is on YouTube. It is free. It is completely free. Turn off your ad block is all I ask. Uh, But, you know, the link to that is posted on the Facebook for Silver Spotlight. It's posted on the Facebook for movie films. Check it out.
0: I posted it. Check it out. Watch
1: it. It's good fun. You know, people have been most liking it so far. You know, they don't love it, but they like it. Some people love it, but most people like it. So check it out, please.
0: I I I gave it a thumbs up. Thumbs up, buddy. Awesome. As always, guys, I've been Bill. I've been Steve. I'm the famous comedian, Arnold Bronschwager.